Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Great joy, my friend, and good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming and ringing in. The Art of the CEO, bringing you the most fascinating and the most helpful people in the business community from around our terrestrial globe. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business, with today's focus on making you a wiser, less desperate, and richer investor. Yes, today, faster than a fat crashing stock tip, your investment strategy is about to receive a breath of good old-fashioned common sense, blowing away all the media frenzy, rumor, and hunch, and zephyring in some sensible plans. And the new wind taking uh, your wings aloft comes out of the mouth of Mr. Daniel Goldman, four-decade financial sage and managing director of Princeton uh, Global Asset Management. Dan, I'm so glad you could break free today. And to kick us right off, uh, you know, we dwell amidst a, a, a market of financial instruments that kind of bloom and wither faster than smartphone apps, and we've got a market commentary with on multiple channels giving a play-by-play and panicking every second. It, has the market really gotten beyond the comprehension and grasp of the amateur investor? What do you think? Well, it's nice to be with you uh, today, Bart. Uh, the oh. answer, I guess, if there is an answer to something like that, is no, it hasn't. It has not gotten beyond, in fact, the the, the amateur or anyone else, um, because the, the fact of the matter is that the the basic tenets of buy low, sell high are, still exist. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the the fact of the matter is that um, there are pieces of information that we have available. To, you know, the person driving along the roads seeing the chemical plant, chemical plant on fire, he has a piece of information. Right. Probably not the best time to buy this the stock in that company. <laughs> Those things still exist. Those things still yeah. exist. There's still a lot of background noise, but um, uh, those those key factors that it takes to make some good decisions have not changed, and nor will they. Oh, it's it's good to hear that, and uh, I th- thank you for that. Uh, so, uh, all right, you've got a bit of a nush uh, at the Feast of Wisdom in store for you, and so... Whether you are a master video games creator branching out into publishing his own brain-teasing board game like uh, Quentin, or a soy and corn farmer seeking to fend off development pressure and get in an early crop all planted on the family farm like Michael, the art of the CEO is here to lavish upon you the experience and expertise of business masters. And so in fulfilling my duties as the proper host, I've laid before you uh, a few utensils for today's feast. And that first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. Now, that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career. So I beg, please pause, ponder, and ask, will this be the day that you take personal charge of your own finances and shut the door on all the credit seducers and their alluring avenues? Or 
Will you let other entities take management of your own hard-won earnings? The choice is truly yours. The second utensil, you need to steep your lips right now into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out and thumb through. Okay, here we are. Here we are. Uh, 74. Our firm is very customer-centric. We badger every client until he either gives in or runs away. (laughs) And as an afterthought, did you ever get a personal phone call from your supplier's CEO asking you your opinion of her company and its product and service? Felt pretty good, didn't it? Enough said. And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have literally... Uh, we've got them by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and pick up your copy of a 101 Best Business Quips, and you can be the clever-tongued, green-eyed envy of your chain gang at work. And the third utensil, appropriately entitled perhaps the derivative spreader, uh, coming right at you now is the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the author who noted... A successful man is one who can lay a firm foundation with bricks others have thrown at him. <laughs> Those words were spoken by none other than the silver-tongued contrapuntal newscaster David Brinkley of the famed Huntley Brinkley Report. And later in the show, blurting your way, will come another enriching quotation. And if you're among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply write that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be. And just email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So, with all these utensils and a great deal more, and hand, why not tuck into today's Feast of Wisdom with the investments master and mentor, Dan Goldman. Dan, when I was age 10, I bought my first share of stock. And now, now patiently, my father explained the market and the trading and how it worked. And I remember listening and commenting, oh, so I see the stock market kind of runs on emotion. Now, my father says, no, 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 no. He explained to his idiot son that it was much more amount of price-earnings ratio and so forth. So my question to you after all these years, who was right? <laughs> Excellent question. It's kind of an age-old question. Mm. Um, I would suggest to you that uh, you're both right. Uh, he was okay. right. He was right, for sure, um, in that uh, fear and greed, of course, as we all know, uh, drive mm. the market. And those, those things are emotions. There's no doubt about right. that. Right. Uh, we also know that uh, the reaction to those emotions causes volatility because it's the uh, the trading on emotion that causes a lot to go on faster than it otherwise might. So you, you have some volatility, but th- those things tend to be short-term. So what I would suggest, I think, is that um, the emotional part of things will drive the short-term part of the market. And by the way, you have to have the short-term to get to the long-term and the real key is to kind of identify what long-term means. If you can see through or close your ears to the background noise, to all that volatility that emotion causes in the markets, I think that uh, you're going to wind up with the goals that you want for those assets. You know, the typical professional um, uh, manager, the person who, like Princeton Global Asset Management, that spends uh, every day doing this, is looking for 
is going to listen to news items. It's going to see what the world is is offering today, all the the, the fear that's going on uh, around the globe and how that affects um, various companies. There's going to be hidden items that only good research and hard work is going to uh, uh, create drivers that that make things happen in these stocks. In other words, finding value. Uh, and then finally, right. there's uh, there's the big events. Why the, why did Intel create what it created in the 70s, with uh, the ability to not have to outsource uh, microchips any longer? I mean that that event lasted for for years and years and years. Apple's done the same thing recently with um, interface, right. with, with with what drives uh, all these smart products that we see today. So the fact of the matter is, you're both right. Okay. Well, I thank you very much for giving us a, a very thorough answer to something that has puzzled me, and I probably many others uh, of us uh, out there for a long time. Uh, recently, or about a couple of months ago, the qualified investor rule was lifted from hedge and several other funds, and. I, I've always wondered about this. Is this a blessing that is allowing more investors access to high-growth products? Or is it, uh, as I have kind of fear, a, a loss of protection that's going to lure unaware investors into high risks and possible ruin? Well, that, that's, uh, uh, like most of your questions, apparently, are another excellent one. I guess one has to take a peek at first what are hedge funds and some of these special Investments. I mean, any decision that has to do with your investment fund uh, requires some research, and it's important, and, and it's critical. Um, if we look right. at one of the giants in this field, a guy named uh, Jack Bogle, who you know very well, right. created, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. created the Vanguard Fund. Uh, Vanguard created, fund right. And in his philosophy, which is kind of key, is the one thing where investors do have some control uh, <laughs> in investing is cost. So right. keep your costs down, and therefore the no-load fund versus back then, of course, the sales load fund. That was the right. Vanguard. Well, if you look at a typical hedge, they have fees that look like something called 2 and 20, 2% right. um, uh, up front, and then if there are profits, why they keep 20% of them. Um, right. Now, that's, that's lowered a bit because of competition, that's for sure, but right. those are very, very dear. That, that's a high cost. So right yeah, away, yeah. I would suggest staying away from um, a type of investment that requires that kind of extra research because you, it's, it's new, it's not been available to everybody, and, and where the cost of entry is quite high. So I would say to you that um, it's, it's something, in my humble opinion, for most mm -hmm. investors that they should not flock to these things simply because – um, the federal government has changed uh, some of the regulations. Okay, I, I think uh, I, I I agree with you on that, and um, I so let's take it to uh, something a bit closer to to many many more of us. Let's say I've got uh, two hundred thousand and four million that I uh, am looking to to put in the market. I'm not a player, but I'm not a pauper. And I've got a, at the same time I've got a job that is uh, takes up a goodly part of my day, and time is precious. But I want to select my own stocks. Uh, can you give me a, give us give uh, give us a base, uh, a couple of basic tenets we should uh, begin guiding with? Well, I I have a kind of a I guess a, a one-off or different types of response to. 
a question okay. like this. Uh, number one, you're you're suggesting that you're not a pauper, uh, but you're uh, but you're you're not a player, uh, whatever yeah. you fall in there uh-huh. somewhere. If you've accumulated the type of assets that you're referring to, mm-hmm. you've got a lot more going on for you than just work. Uh, yes, you got That's a full-time true. job. It's taken a lot of your time, but you also have a family. You also have uh, a lot of, mm-hmm. of, of other types of personal requirements. So, when you say time yeah. is precious, I'm going to tell you that when a professional works on a stock, works on an idea, works on something like this, it's a full-time job. So, right. I'm not. I'm not telling someone who, by the way, like you and your dad. Um, he's mm-hmm. gotten a, a tradition of wanting to own stock because it's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. And I would not mm-hmm. try to talk somebody out of it. On the other hand, um, by definition, is there time in this format to try to respond to what should you be looking for or staying away from? These are the same questions that one has to ask of the entire core portfolio. These are the questions. Okay. There's, there's, it, it's very complicated. And in my humble opinion, let me just leave it with this, I suggest that if you're going to want, because you really want to own your own stocks, please right. try to create a compartment of, of, of 2 or 3% of your investment portfolio, that key portfolio that's going to be so important to your family over the years. Keep it right. small. And, and, and so if, if things don't mm-hmm. work out the way you, and you didn't have enough time, um, you're not causing any irreparable harm. And if things work out great, man, you have bragging rights. That's that's great. Yes, so I I did get the Google IPO or whatever. You know, exactly. I, I I see what you're saying, and I, and boy, does that make sense. I, I really thank you for that. It just you you've got you you're telling me that I've got a life I have to live and deal with and and to compartmentalize the finances for that. But at the same time, I uh, I can take that percentage of risk and go with it. I I, I thank you for that, and. You have just pulled up your chair to join Dan and me, and if you're listening, and you're listening to the Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download this episode and and all our others by visiting BlogTalkRadio.com/slash. The Art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. And I wanted to uh, take another aspect with you, Dan, and that, that all of us stumble across, like the, the Google IPO. Uh, let's say I get, I get the proverbial tip, uh, and it may come from my bar buddy or may come from my broker. Uh what are what are one or two things you know oh you've you've got to buy acme widget uh they're changing their ceo and everything's going to move what should i be give us one or two things or two two or three things that i should be looking at this firm before i put uh, take a flyer on on a stock tip like that absolutely absolutely first of all the the proverbial tip is an interesting concept it's one more piece of information isn't it, it, it it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. another of, of the constant flood of information that has to go into what you do in your investing life mm-hmm. to make decisions. Now, right. no, the first question I would ask, um, if, it, if it comes from your broker, right. Ryan, what's the motivation behind the tip? That's all I'm saying. I'm not uh-huh. any, casting any aspersions. Uh, things have changed uh-huh. in the brokerage business. 
commissions and everything else have changed over the years. It's not what it used to be. But what is the motivation? And the, the second part, let's say it is your bar buddy or your or your friend that you picked up at wherever. Um, mm-hmm. What is what is that person's background? Where did they get the tip? Yeah. If the tip is if he's he or she is the first or third person to hear that tip, look, the CEO right. just changed. This just happened. Hey, you may be onto something. If in fact right. it's the 258th time that this has uh, been bantied <laughs> about, maybe it's a waste right. of time. And let me kind of go in another direction. There was a well-known, okay. rather well-known homemaker that spent her time sharing her tips with the world not long ago that had a tip. Now, you know what? The tip was too good. It was actually insider information. It was not available to the general public. And guess what? She started doing her homemaking uh, uh, from a a cell for a while. So you have to be very, very difficult. Yeah. You have to be careful. I was just going to say, it's so careful. difficult to match colors properly with, with prison stripes. You know, it's well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's even easier, but uh, you just right. have to be careful on something like that. So, again, are there any shortcuts? I don't think so. Okay. I, I'm glad you put that in. And, I, uh, but friends, I, I do want you to, to take note of what Dan has just said. He has put out a timeless piece of information here. So I'd like to call this a quill pen moment, and I would like you to take your pen, pen, dip it in the inkwell, and jot down that in investing and in life, no one is your total regent. You cannot depend on someone else to handle everything for you, and you must ask, what is their motivation before you go on and follow someone slavishly, regardless of their track record. So I thank you for saying that. And uh, at this point, we are moving on to the midpoint of our show, and you have pulled up your chair to join the Art of the CEO, streaming live from Blog Talk Radio. And after all Dan's wise guidance, I think perhaps we could use a brief sorbet and introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit bartsbooks.com and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom from many business masters. And this very day, Prometheus Publishing invites you to look at uh, – one book, a, a book that launched this whole bizarre radio show, in fact, uh, entitled, as the show, The Art of the CEO. And it's a volume which collects and distills the most masterful practices of business leaders from all over uh, this wonderful earth. And it presents them in a way that allows you to apply it to your career and your company. The book has been praised uh, by uh, media CEO and radio host. Daryl Gunter himself as, quote, one of the best business leadership books I've ever read in my career, full of wisdom, what are you waiting for? And uh, I pass that on to you, and we hope you could, we'll go to the site and browse uh, that and our other books. And by the way, uh, if you enjoy today's quip and you say, I'd like a bit of ponderment and laughter flung at me every week, we invite you to direct your feet to Bart's Books dot com and click on the little blue mailbox and subscribe absolutely free to Bart's business quips and by the eternal enigma of email you will receive uh, your laughter and wisdom dose every week and uh, as we move back now uh, speaking of eternal enigmas and wise strategies and unloosing fiscal avalanches all in your favor 
why don't we return to the groaning board and chatting with Mr. Daniel Goldman, who's got some nice, insightful prods to get your investments working. Then we've got uh, uh, among our, our ceaseless news stream of stock information, we have a lot of talk about the economy, national economic issues coming at us, and you know what's going on in, in uh, Eastern Ulan Batar. And for most of us in most investments, this represents an intriguing curiosity. But it really should not be a an investment governing factor for most of us. Is that right? Well, yes, you're you're quite right. And hearkening back to one of the earlier questions, there's tons of background noise that um, that is available to us. Talking heads are everywhere. You have the devices that run the gamut from something that holds your hand or it's up on your wall or 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 I don't know that's in maybe in in your ear. Um, electronically, I don't know. Uh, But all of these things are interesting. They can, in fact, be fun. They can be, uh, depending where where your interests lie. On the other hand, if you take a look at a professional, the professional spends in this industry, spends 24-7 or at least eight hours a day, uh, some version, uh, trying to make sense out of this background noise and trying to pick Mm -hmm. out um, words of, of of wisdom that will fit a scenario that, in fact, leads to an investment decision. Now, going back to your other question about how many extra hours in the day is there for someone that's not an investment professional, there aren't too many, you're not going to be able to do that um, with the time you can spare listening to whatever the talking head may be at the 3 in the morning. So right, you're absolutely right. right. You're absolutely right. There's no substitute. I said this just a little while ago. Uh, there aren't any shortcuts. There's no substitute for right, hard work, right. for, for mm-hmm. uh, lots of experience, which uh, Princeton Global Asset Management, that's what we do all day. And right, this is right. something that you're not going to, it's not going to, basically the answer to your question is a big fat yes. It is interesting. It could be fun. Uh, you're not going to make big decisions based on what you heard uh, last night. Okay. Well, keeping along the global line, um, what about uh, mm-hmm. looking at, at uh, investments abroad, I know, uh, and and indeed in, in other other exchanges, this is um, more of the I w- more and more of the exchanges abroad are getting uh, some security and they're worth investing in, and uh, they it seems to me as if there are some good uh, markets out there, and what w- how did one what would be a few steps to sort of uh, put one's toe or at least one's investigatory finger in in that kind of, in, in foreign markets? Well, Bart, I'm, I'm obviously glad that this question is here. This is a global is in our name, and we therefore uh, put a lot of weight in this. And let me kind of tell you why. It is a much uh-huh. smaller world. It's getting smaller all the time. We know that. <clears throat> On the other hand, uh, the U.S., which <clears throat> excuse me, makes up, what, 5% of the world's population or something, yeah. is, is currently at the 50% mark of the world's capitalization in terms of, of companies, mm-hmm. in terms of corporations. Um, yeah. However, however, recent studies seem to indicate that in the next 15 years or 20 years, that number is going to go up non-U.S. to in the low 70s. Well, what does that mm-hmm. mean? That means that growth opportunities, the ability to – um, have things move in the right direction uh, seems right. to be pretty heavily weighted outside of the country. 
another issue, and, and this is this is pretty obvious, I think. But let's look at GM. GM is the used okay. to be the king of car making. Oh, absolutely. Well, what happened right. to GM recently? It went bankrupt, and we, it had to be saved in a sense of, by yeah, the government, yeah. uh, by you and I, the taxpayer. I look have to at Toyota. Fly down in my corporate jet and, and bail you got out. it out. Look at Toyota. <laughs> Toyota's biggest problem, in a sense, in the last bunch of years has been what to do with the excess cash. Look at the right. look at the stories. You know, you, there's typical glib stories. You, you you get up in the morning, you make your coffee in your German coffee maker, and then go ahead and wash the cup that you used in the German dishwasher. Hop in, put your Italian shoes on, jump in your Japanese car, blah blah blah, go to work. Well, right. Uh-huh. You have this issue of best in class. You have right. lots and lots of companies that have maybe the best management, maybe the best um, investment. Uh, model or, or or working model, business model, maybe the best product line, and they don't. They're not all in the U.S. Why would you avoid uh, not having the chance to pick the best companies by strictly staying in one, even though it's right. the U.S.? Okay. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And finally, um, a well put together global portfolio—that's U.S. Mm-hmm. and non-U.S. That's stocks and bonds. Um, basically can have between two-thirds and three-quarters of the risk of a portfolio put together in S&P names only. And the expected return over time is not that much different, if not better. Why would you avoid lower risk, same or higher return? Makes no sense whatsoever. You even right. have purchasing Absolutely. power. You should be owning issues that maybe settle in or operate in currencies other than the dollar. Why? Well, the dollar's been very strong, but we know things go both up and down. Oh, so they do you should protect purchasing power almost as importantly as you try to protect your dollar itself. For those reasons, uh, mm. looking around the world and that the, the institutions and the ability to own these things is mu- are much, much easier than they used to be. So, I mean, there's a nutshell. Global investing is right. pretty important today. Well, you know, it does sort of remind me of something. Years ago, I had the privilege of uh, talking with the Dalai Lama, and he was, has, for many people, um, served as, as a, a great figure, but a lot of people wonder about the... Uh, the immortality structure of Buddhism, and his his answer was, and I think it's kind of it reminds me of yours. It says, if I have lost a quarter, and I believe it's in my living room, if I look in my living room and it's not there, doesn't it make smart sense to go through the whole rest of the house? And I think it is. This is basically what you're doing, is to say, don't don't limit yourself. Go for the best and. Uh, Find where the find where the best investments are. Exactly. All right. Exactly right. Uh, I one other thing there uh, are other new avenues opening up, and one of the ones that has really swept through is this whole idea of uh, crowdfunding. And for me, the 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 uh, these, these alternative investments, uh, for me, they seem very similar to the old. Buttonwood Agreement of 1792, when all the investors sort of got together in, in a coffee house, under actually under a sycamore tree, and went into a coffee house, and they held a meeting and splayed out their uh, commodities and enterprises, and it seems to me as if uh, 
The only difference now is that uh, back in old New York, the coffee house was real and not virtual. Should I be extra leery of the crowdfunding movement, or what's your thought on it? Well, no, you shouldn't be uh, extra leery of, of any opportunity. The world's changing. And uh, as you say, you, you see something like this, and you say, well, that's pretty interesting. <clears throat> the real issue, I guess the, the issue is these were uh, brokers, that the, the folks that got together back in uh, 1792. I guess that led to the New York Stock Exchange uh, and right. others. But, but, but the fact of the matter is now you're talking about the opportunity to put equity directly into an idea, into something mm. new, into a theme. No. And there's absolutely nothing wrong. I would never want to talk someone out of uh, looking at uh, today's uh, ingenuity, uh, what's going on. Mm. It's just that you're now talking, there's no SEC here, you know. There's no registered. Yeah. Uh, you're not, you, you don't have a government agency trying to, trying to help you not make a mistake, at least not a fraudulent mistake. Right. So I would just suggest that one be careful I would suggest that, by all means, uh, take advantage of, of today's opportunities, whatever they may look like. Just be aware, right. again, going back to my theme of uh, the carp- compartmentalization of the small piece, if the, the core assets, those assets that are supposed to accomplish your life goals, whether that be mm-hmm. retirement or whatever it is, right. um, that's not necessarily the place for something like this. Maybe the one... The person, if it's you, that because of your father, you want to own stocks, by all means, do that. And also, by all means, try to uh, find a a new idea that just tickles your fancy. Put some money into it directly. Just remember, don't make it a big percentage of things. Um, You can have the same fun, the same sense of satisfaction uh, by buying the next uh, apple before it's an apple um, Mm -hmm. without putting more than uh, 1% or 2% of your important assets into it. That's all. I think you know. I think you're right. The uh, you can have just as much fun and just as much excitement putting a two dollar bet on a horse as putting your life savings on it. Heaven knows. Right. You can only regret it when you don't have when you don't have the ten dollar payoff. That's all. But right. uh, <laughs> but we're all that way. That's that's called that's that emotional thing you talked about earlier. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Dan. If if uh, someone decided that he does want to get in the market, but he really wants some solid, good professional help. How might someone get in touch with you and uh, gain a little guidance and uh, get a little help brokering their funds? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Princeton Global Asset Management is located in uh, Princeton, New Jersey, as as one might suspect. Um, uh, I can be reached, uh, and I uh, do the new business development for our firm. We are a custom, of course, firm that does uh, specific portfolios for individuals. And I can be reached at 609-945-1794 and uh, via email at daniel.goldman at pgam-llc.com. Okay. Thank you, and I, uh, I'm i sure that uh, many <clears throat> many folks are going to take good advantage of that. And as we round out today's feast, uh, just let me announce once more that I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, and leaving you today with today's business quotation. And I think it's only fair that we invite Dan to give the uh, quotation. And who said... This quote. Go ahead, Dan. Fortunes are made by buying low and selling too soon.
<laughs> Truer words. Well, as a hint, this individual and his European banking family bankrolled, among other things, the 19th century British Empire. So, and remember, if you know the name of that author of this quote, just scribble it down and as you believe him or her to be, and send that off to info at bartsbooks.com, that's I-N-F-O, at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, to win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, uh, if you found the perfect niche, it will doubtless remain comfortable much longer than it will remain profitable, even climates change. And to you who have been gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as uh, Dan and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows at blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheceo. The show to is, that is tailored to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. And as one last word, I must say to those of you who, uh, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.